are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday, continuing our season in review series, we're going to look at Billy Hernan Gomez. Also, we are going to talk a little bit about the Pelicans draft situation. Would you... Change the way you draft, your mindset, your philosophy on drafting, given the high stakes that this season is presenting to the New Orleans Pelicans. If you're David Griffin and you have a way about going and doing this, does it maybe change? So we're going to get into that. We're going to also play a clip from the locker room show regarding that as well. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app. Join me Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central to get in on the action and conversation. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So the question I asked on the Locker Room chat the other day when I was talking to everyone in there, and we had a really good turnout. So if you were in there, I appreciate you stopping by and spending part of your Wednesday afternoon, early evening with me talking all things basketball, which was really, really fun. Uh, One of the questions I asked, though, was what do you change your draft strategy knowing that potential stakes of this year. Zion Williamson is going to be eligible for an extension after this coming year. I don't know if he'll take it. I kind of doubt if he will sign it that early, but he's going to be eligible for it at the very least. And given that and what, you know, the message it's sending the organization, if he doesn't sign it, and I'm not, again, trying to sound the alarm bells, but again, there is very real worry that I have, that others have, that people in the organization have. Does it change the way that you approach the draft at all? Would you do things differently, let's say, when it comes to that? And maybe draft a more NBA-ready guy who doesn't have the highest ceiling versus going for best player available and highest upside? Would you take the lower floor or the higher floor, lower ceiling guy or the guy that could have a lower floor but a higher ceiling? David Griffin, it seems to kind of go with the latter, right? High ceiling, who cares about the floor? If they turn out to be the best player they could possibly be, we've got a gem and a steal of the draft. I think they went that route with uh, with uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. last year. They could have drafted Sadiq Bey, a guy that I was very high on, who had a very, very good year. Played 70 games for the Pistons, started 53 of them, and played 27 minutes per game. He averaged 12.2 points. rebounds per game, but most importantly, he was a good three-point shooter. He shot 38% from deep on 6.6 attempts, making two and a half per game. Those numbers are pretty good for a fourth or fifth guy. He was also an above-average defender for the Pistons. Actually, kind of one of their better defenders, which says more about the rest of that team than it necessarily does about him, but an above-average defender as a rookie. That's kind of rare to see. But at the same point... Kyra has a higher ceiling than him. Kyra Kyra Lewis Jr. could be an all-star in this league. I think you can see that with his speed and some of the other skills that he has, where Sadiq Bey is just kind of what this is. Like He might score a few more points. He might grab a few more rebounds. But overall, you're kind of seeing that the player he is. It's more of a complimentary player than a star. But it's a guy that would help you more immediately. If you had put Sadiq Bey on this team instead of Kyra Lewis Jr. last year, how do their fortunes change? 
it, they would have done better, let's say, would it have equated to more wins? Probably in some degree than if they had Kyra Lewis Jr. That's important if you're trying to make the playoffs and get Zion Williamson in there to make sure he's happy and knows that you're trying to put a winner around him. So does that change how you approach this draft? Let's say the Pelicans are at 10. Do you go with maybe one of the safer choices or do you go with the guy that has the highest ceiling, but the safer choice can help you this coming year? It's more short-sighted, let's say, than a you know a short-term, not short-sighted, short-term move uh, versus a long-term move, but maybe that's what the Pelicans need to do. Do you take a guy like Davian Mitchell out of Baylor, who's, 20, who, who's almost 23 years old, who's a little bit undersized at 6'2", and more of a combo guard? They already have a ton of those, right? Or do you go with a guy like Alperin Shingun, who's more of maybe a boomer bust type of player, higher ceiling, highly skilled, but isn't going to contribute nearly as much as Mitchell would next year? Those are valid questions that I think need to be asked right now, given the sense of urgency around the New Orleans Pelicans. And I wonder if they're going to look at that and be like, okay, these are the type of moves that we need to make. This is the type of player we need to draft. Now, this all could change on draft night, depending on who's there, of course, but it's a philosophical question. I do not see, though, David Griffin changing his approach. I think he has a way he wants to do things and will go out and do it that way. So I don't see him really changing the approach that he takes to team building and drafting, even given the heightened sense of urgency this year. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor that are awesome? They've got the birthday cake flavor that's covered in white chocolate and sprinkles and is delicious. So when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about which one they love the most. And if you don't know what the flavors are, they're coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's absolutely something for everyone. I love the mint brownie. Again, it's just like mint chocolate chip ice cream. It's delicious. You would have no idea that this thing is healthy for you. You'd think you're eating a candy bar. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the different nine flavors. Most of them have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and just four grams of sugar and only four grams net carbs. Some have 18 grams of protein and just 180 calories. So it's not wasting all the cardio that you just did. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so we had a great conversation in the locker room chat on Wednesdays. Again, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central. We're even doing these in the offseason. At least 30 minutes, we're going to be in there talking all things Pelicans NBA. Come in. You get to come up and ask questions, talk with me. It's a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to hosting these as this as the offseason goes on. So I want to play another clip from the uh, this week's show where we had a pretty good discussion on this stuff, even talking about the draft pick strategy. So let me play that here. No, I agree. And to answer one of your first questions where you take a look at drafting, um, yep. I, I would still be taking a look at more along those lines of kind of best player available. I think that I think you have such a talent rich in that top 10 that, you know, you could take someone like Moses Moody. You can see if someone like maybe Jalen Johnson or Scotty Barnes drops a little bit um, as saying, hey, you know what, here's the guy that we're going to take. Um, as that best player available, if we keep that pick, because I think one of the one of the reasons why is we already have a lot of guys now on this roster who are going to get playing time. 
And you don't necessarily need to draft this player who, hey, we need this guy to come on in, play for us right away and win. Um, number one, because Stan Van Gundy's probably not going to play him because he typically doesn't play. That's a fair well. point. But then you, you look at some of the other guys that are out there that we've now picked up, like a like uh, if we bring, especially if we bring back Josh Hart, we now have Najee Marshall, we have Nah, we have Kira, we have a lot of depth. So if we bring in someone else who might be, hey, they're still young, but they, they have a high ceiling and they're the best player available, you know what, even if they sit a year, you know what, they're still going to be able to help us the following years and going forward because, look, taking someone who's this older player or, hey, they're, they're NBA ready now, guess what? There's still a lot of depth on this team, and they're going to be trying to fight for playing time with these other guys. No, that's that's a, that's a really good point. Would they Even if they are NBA ready, would they actually crack the rotation? And that's something to really consider – too. And you mentioned Stamian Gundy doesn't play rookies, though. I think David Griffin can have some influence in there to get get that guy into the rotation and playing if that's what he really wanted. And David Griffin has basically said he does as much. But it's a, it's a really interesting point to kind of consider. And it probably also means David Griffin isn't going to stray from the strategy that he seems to really believe in. So, David, I appreciate you taking the time, man. No problem. I mean, to get off here. So... The reason I asked that question is one of the things we're going to be doing on, on Locked On Pelicans and Locked On NBA, since we have you know a podcast for every team, and we've started to do these already, and you'll see some of this probably late this week, maybe early next week, we're going to do a bunch of just quick and easy kind of dirty mock drafts where you know we do a spin of the Tankathon lottery machine, and we kind of roll with that. And then we just do a quick mock draft for the lottery based on all of that. And we did one yesterday and we just completed it and I'll run it down for you. And this is going to end up being a whole podcast episode and you're going to get to hear the hosts give their reasoning for why they made some of these picks too, because I think it's fun to bring different voices in on this and just hear why that team made that decision from the person who just knows that team almost better than anyone else. So Oklahoma City got the first overall pick, Cade Cunningham, no big surprise there. Indiana jumped up, got the second overall pick. They took Jalen Suggs. Don't really have a problem with that. Houston Rockets at three took Evan Mobley. I think those are the three guys fairly clearly to me in there. I think I might have Jalen Suggs third on that list, but not by much. So I really think when you look at kind of tier one in the draft, it's those three guys. At four, the Detroit Pistons took Jalen Green. Sure, why not? Orlando Magic at five, Jonathan Kuminga. I think that makes sense. I think those two guys out of the G League, uh, the Ignite team from last year, both are kind of in that second tier by themselves. I think, you know, tier one is three guys, tier two is two guys. Then you get into tier three, and that's where I think things get a little bit interesting because it's a little bit more open. The Cleveland Cavaliers at six took Scotty Barnes. The Golden State Warriors, and this spread me to a degree, I think, took um, Franz Wagner. Eight, the Toronto Raptors took Keon Johnson. Nine, the Orlando Magic, who get this pick from the Chicago Bulls. Got Moses Moody. Ten, Sacramento took Corey Kispert. And then New Orleans, me, at 11, I took Alperin Sengun out and just tried to go with the home run pick because I really do think that guy has shades of Nikola Jokic in there. But I was kind of torn on a number of different ways to go because right after that pick was a guy I'm starting to grow on a little bit. 
and that the Charlotte Hornets took Josh Giddy, who played out of the Australia League last year. San Antonio took Isaiah Jackson after that. And then Golden State, I actually think, got a steal at 14, and they took Davion Mitchell out of Baylor. So I think when you start to look at that 10th spot, they're going to be in a pretty good position to get you know, either whatever kind of guy they want, a guy that does have high upside and you kind of swing for the fences or a guy that can contribute right away. And also it might be one and the same to a certain degree, depending on how some of that draft goes. I do not like uh, Kispert really whatsoever in this one. He's maybe the best shooter in there, but I think he's fairly one dimensional and his age worries me a little bit. You know, Mitchell's age worries me a little bit too at 22 years old. He doesn't maybe have some of the upside of some of the guys that are 18 or 19 coming into this draft. And that scared me a little bit. And I really, really almost took him. But also, do the Pelicans need another kind of slightly undersized combo guard? And I'm not necessarily sure that they do. I really like Josh Giddy, but at a certain point, I don't think his three-point shot is going to translate to the NBA. And can you get a guy and bring him in, even if he's a playmaker and kind of that more or less kind of true point guard, but doesn't have a reliable three-point shot? Because we've learned shooting and spacing is going to be unbelievably important, I think, for New Orleans next season. So they're going to be in, I think, a very interesting spot, but not necessarily a bad spot when it comes to this draft. Um, Jalen Johnson was not, I'm trying to look at this and trying to like, kind of remember everything, um, uh, not taken in the top 14. I don't know, man. Like I've seen people kind of split on him. He didn't exactly have the best year at Duke in the limited minutes that he played. I don't know if his three point shots necessarily going to translate at the NBA level. And I think that's what concerns me more so than anything else with him. Any guy I'm looking at, I'm going to really need to believe in their three-point shot. That's like a skill that I think at this point, particularly around Zion Williamson, is almost like non-negotiable. So again, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Central, if you want to get in on the conversation, download the Locker Room app from the iOS store, and they have a beta for Android out currently, so everyone should be able to join me, and I'll see you there Wednesday at 6 p.m. So coming up next, season in review on Billy Hernan Gomez. How was his year? We buy in stock, we sell in stock. What's it look like for him? So that's coming up next here on Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action over at BetOnline, and you can get all the latest news and odds for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And you don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. The playoffs are here. It's been a lot of fun. We've seen some really good good matchups and sometimes you already have a feeling how some of these series are going to go you may as well cash in on that plus betonline.ag is one of the only places to get odds on the WNBA so head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on and that's free money right there you've already won a bet and all you did was sign up over at betonline.ag betonline your online sportsbook experts Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your car, save that money so you can use it on other things like your mortgage, your rent, or food, whatever else it might be, drinks, now that bars don't have a last call anymore. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? You don't want to do it. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everyone and always reliably low. They have everything you could need. 
Whether it's big parts for your car, little parts for your car, sale parts for your car, which I just took advantage of, they have it all. If you just need motor oil, engine coolant, new carpet, whatever it might be if you're doing work on your car, they have it at rockauto.com and it's cheaper than if you go into one of those chain stores. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer because best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. So go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, wrapping up today's show and continuing our season in review series here. Today, we're looking at Billy Hernan Gomez, late addition kind of to the Pelicans roster this past offseason. They signed him to a one-year veteran minimum deal, basically $1.7 million, and was a guy that was just brought in to kind of be a body, I think, to a certain degree. But he's a player that I think a lot of people ended up really liking on this roster. Took him a little while to get some playing time. He didn't really start to see significant game time till February or so and then he became a bit of a fixture in the rotation and at times looks like he does exactly what you want out of a center puts in some points and gets rebounds that's really all that you need from him to a certain degree average 7.8 points per game seven rebounds he did it while shooting 56 percent from the field it's pretty good numbers overall for a big he's not terrible at the line it's 67 percent but not amazing there either. He kind of gives you what you need. If you need a double-double, he basically could probably just slot right on in and give you 10 and 10 in the right kind of role. And his per 36-minute numbers basically bear that out. He would have been averaging 15.5 points per game and 14 rebounds if he played 36 minutes per game this season. Those are pretty good. You know, but there's some issues here. And so this is where we've got to look at it. So first, if you look at his best games this season when he was kind of putting up those double-doubles and he had 11 double-doubles this season, they're often coming against teams with not great center situations or bad teams really overall. He played well against the Orlando Magic. He's played well against Houston. That's a small team as is. He's played well against Sacramento, against OKC. Um, Teams like that where they don't have the greatest center options and aren't good teams anyway. And when you look at him against some of the top teams in the league, his numbers, rebounding and points really start to dip, I think, a good bit. It's worth keeping that context in mind. But his best game probably came against the Memphis Grizzlies back in February 16th when off the bench he put in 14 points on just six shots and did this in under 20 minutes of action. He was really good in that game, also grabbed eight rebounds, and though he did it off the bench, was a little bit more effective against Valanciunas for the Memphis Grizzlies than starting center Steven Adams was. And what I also love about Billy Hernan Gomez is Situation doesn't matter. He's just kind of always ready to go. You need you scratch Stephen Adams late, and you need Billy Hernan Gomez to start. He can start. You know what? His production was pretty similar to Adams, though though kind of different. So I like him as a player. I like kind of what he provides to the team, but the defensive limitations I think can hold him back. Could he be your starter next year if you were to get rid of Adams? Yeah, in like 20 minutes per game of action, but you're not going to get 
the type of production you'd hope from that position defensively. You know, top centers around the league really did some work against him. The Joel Embiid's of the world and those type of guys kind of lit him up. Nikola Jokic just did whatever he wanted against Billy Hernan Gomez. You know, if you're going to be competing to be a playoff team in the West, you're going to need to win games against those teams. And I do think you would struggle with that if Billy Hernan Gomez is getting significant minutes against those top teams in the Western Conference like that with those kind of players and the Eastern Conference too. That worries me a little bit. And that leads to kind of the buy and sell part of this of I'd buy a little bit of stock in him. I'm not going to sell it. Certainly, I don't really want to say hold on it. I'd buy a little bit, but like not not a whole lot. I'm fine if the Pelicans want to bring him back next year on a veteran minimum deal to kind of be a body. But if they start to pay him more and more and more and get over that veteran minimum, given the defensive limitations, given that I think Jackson Hayes significantly improved this season and you could kind of roll with him potentially as a starter too, I'd be hesitant to give him much more money than that. I love Billy's attitude. I love everything he brings to the table. But at a certain point, just those defensive issues, the the lack of spacing from him offensively, I don't want to pay that guy that much money. So I'd buy a little bit of stock. I like having him on the team, certainly. It seems like he's a good team chemistry guy as well. But I'm not going to overpay for those skills and what he does when I think you can get that elsewhere. So because of that, buy just, just like the tiniest little bit a Billy Hernan Gomez stock here. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Going to be back with you all next week with a mock draft that we're doing for the Locked on Podcast Network.